special thanks to our current annual educational event sponsors, including The Workshop, CBD National, and Green Earth Medicinals. Your support has enabled us to develop some really fun and engaging educational events that help curious minds get connected to experienced scientists, clinicians, and brilliant minds of all sorts that are also curious about cannabis and passionate about sharing their knowledge with others. Your support has allowed us to issue tuition scholarships, discounts, and even free opportunities to passionate people that ultimately will benefit the most from it. So thanks so much for that. If you want to learn more about our Curious About Cannabis events, go to cacpodcast.com slash events. And if your company would like to become an event sponsor, visit cacpodcast.com slash sponsors to learn more. Hi, I'm Erica Tingey, and I'm head of product at Backbone Software. We make software for the cannabis industry, and it's supply chain management software that's fully customizable, end-to-end -end cultivation to finished goods for uh, any manufacturing process. Curious about Cannabis Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jason with Curious About Cannabis. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. Today I am joined by Erica Tingi of Backbone, which is a uh, software solution to help uh, manage the supply chain of the cannabis industry, but also to provide valuable uh, insights from the data that's generated from that supply chain. So uh, should have a very interesting conversation here because those of you listening probably know already that I have a fascination with technology. So very much looking forward to this. So Erica, thanks so much for being willing to take the time to come on the podcast and chat about data. Thanks, Jason. I'm happy to be here. I love talking about Backbone. Absolutely. And before we unpack um, too much. Do you mind describing to our listeners um, what Backbone is and um, kind of the, the need that it's trying to serve within the industry? Yeah, so Backbone is fully customizable supply chain management software. And in the cannabis industry, we basically go from cultivation all the way to finished products. Um, tracking along the way, uh, process and inputs and outputs so that we can get yields and uh, collect data uh, to provide the kinds of analytics that people need to really run their business. And what were, um, you know, as Backbone's getting developed, what were some of the... Um, kind of problems that um, producers were kind of expressing that that made it clear that something like this was was needed? Well, with your software background, I'm sure you're familiar with this. Um, many of our customers were doing most of their work out of spreadsheets. Yes, yeah. Which are great for certain things, um, but they can't, they can't do the kinds of complicated calculations that people really need um, in order to run their business. And so things that people were asking us for was the ability to easily track 
the data that they were collecting along the way, things like, you know, what is the rate of flow of my extractor? And how fast and efficient are my trimmers as they're, you know, trimming my harvest? What's their hourly productivity? Um, so those kinds of data points that people really need in order to make their business more productive. Yeah, for sure. And it makes perfect sense because I, I do a lot of um, laboratory consulting and I've seen the, uh, the massive uh, series of spreadsheets <laughs> that a lot of folks are uh, dealing with. And it's, um, it usually starts off innocently enough, you know, you, you build a spreadsheet for this, you build a spreadsheet for that. And then all of a sudden, you're starting to uh, try to link spreadsheets together because you're like, well, actually, I need to be able to query this and I can't because it's not a database. And so I, I've stepped, I'm, I have a client right now I'm working with actually that probably has, uh, you know, 30 to 45 different spreadsheets that they're managing for different things. Um, and trying to just wrangle that to understand um, what's there it can be very challenging, waste a ton of time. Um, and, and it can be frustrating because then you're also hunting, trying to find data that you know exists somewhere um, and, and trying to extract it. Uh, it can be very frustrating. So I definitely relate to that need and, and see that um, <laughs> very regularly. Um, I've actually been somewhat impressed to see how creative some people get with spreadsheets, uh, <laughs> yep. what they're able to do yeah. with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, spreadsheets, you know, the data is notoriously hard to connect. And then even if you do link it together, it tends to be fragile and it's easy to break those links. You know, somebody yeah. goes in there and enters the wrong information and then all of a sudden your spreadsheets don't work. And so, you know, that's kind of the nice thing about using a database to start with. And then with Backbone, you know, we customize completely to the customer's process. So whatever data they want to track, we can track. Whatever process they want to follow, we can make that happen. And in addition to that, we have the ability to add SOP, um, you know, fields. So if I need to always nice. take the temperature when I'm starting a run, we can do that. If I need to know, we actually have this cool new feature where we're adding some additional hardware and telemetry. Um, let me take a step back. So we've had this um, thing we call our data acquisition box, um, also known as DAB. In, um, and what it does is you install it in your facility and it allows us to plug in various bits of hardware that collect data. So uh, your flow meter or your temperature gauge or whatever the data is that you want to collect, we let you collect it over time. And then we can um, show that in the context of a single run. So like if I want to see, you know, what was the temperature of my extractor over the entire course of my extraction process, I can see that. And we can also use that to notify when a certain um, point has been reached. So a certain temperature has been yeah. reached. And sometimes what that means is, you know, you've, you've moved into a new phase of your process. So you're, you know, extracting heads and then you're extracting um, body. And we can tell that based on the temperature or the fraction, you know, if you have a fraction finder, we can notify you that that has happened in the process. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, about that. yeah no, that's, that's extremely valuable to be able to... Um, 
automate that data collection process and not have to deal with um, transcription of data. So um, yeah. a little bit of background on some of my work and why I get so excited about this. A lot of my consulting these days is around quality systems and helping labs get quality systems built out and set up and validating processes and everything. Um, and so just thinking about um, you know, the reduction of time spent doing da manual data collection and then also the auditability gives, gets me extremely excited, being able to see where this data came from and, and how it's, it's been used and then um, being able to quickly and easily use that data to validate a new process, whether someone, you know, an example I think of is a producer's maybe uh, launching a new SKU and, you know, they're doing these batch runs for the first time and trying to get that data over a couple of runs to see how consistent are we? How, you know, can we actually trust this process to do what we think it's doing? Um, so that's super cool. That's really exciting because I, as a consultant, I've struggled to find good software solutions for, uh, particularly for cannabis operators, because there's, you know, other industries that have software solutions that can kind of be adapted from pharmaceutical you know, industry or dietary supplement industry, but it doesn't, it never quite fits. Um, yep. And so knowing that this exists is, is very exciting to me. Um, and, and what have you seen from producers that have kind of jumped on board and, and integrated? What's that experience been like? Um, yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot back from our customers uh, about how more, much more efficient their processes have gotten. Um, one of the simple solutions when you were talking about automated data entry, one of our simplest solutions, but one that really um, changes people's lives <laughs> is we have integrated scales. And so you can put something on the scale and click and it's entered and you don't have to, you know, worry about accidentally transcribing the numbers, you know, switching the numbers around. Um, so our customers often tell us that uh, what we're doing really makes a difference both to their accuracy and to the speed of the kinds of things that they can do. Um, we also integrate with scanners um, and we print out QR codes that have all the information. So if you have a scanner, mm -hmm. scan the QR code, that material comes up and then you can act on it. So you know that you're actually acting on the right material and it reduces a lot of mistakes and saves people a lot of time. Yeah, and I imagine regulators probably love it because it makes it way easier to understand if they're doing an inspection or something, what's you know even yeah. going on in a facility. Um, have sure. you gotten any feedback from from regulators? Yeah, we've had uh, a couple of um, you know inspectors uh, tell us that mm -hmm. they really uh, appreciate some of the features of Backbone. We have a full audit trail where you can see exactly who did what to the material and when, where the material is located in the facility, um, and you know really track you know, track everything. And of course, then yeah. we also integrate with metric. And so yeah. as people are inputting data into Backbone, um, we set up a list of things that need to sync into metric, and then they can go ahead and sync it after they review it to make sure it's accurate. Um, but that way, you know, there are a lot fewer mistakes. People aren't doing double data entry into two systems yeah. that then end up not matching. Well, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I was going to ask you just so that everyone listening 
understood like what the difference is between backbone and something like metric um because i'm sure like as we describe it without like seeing it or or kind of understanding those details it might be easy to conflate the two yeah metric you know it's a track and trace system and so it only has the amount of data that the government needs to see mm-hmm. what are the packages that exist where did they come from where did they go who owns them right now that's the data that's in there but with backbone you can track a lot more and you can track the kinds of things that are really important to the people doing the manufacturing. So all of the data that I talked about before that allow for analytics, um, that's the kind of stuff that you're never gonna see in metric. The other thing that metric doesn't track is financials. Yeah. Right. So backbone, we do actual costing, um, which means that as you're producing material, we include the cost of everything that goes into it. Things oh, like, nice. you know, yes. what's my cannabis material? What's my packaging? How much did the labor cost that was directly applied to this process? Um, and then what were my lab fees on this material? So we, you can also add costs outside of the process. Um, and then the, the piece that we're working on now is how do I add overhead? You know, Ah, what is the indirect labor and the rent that I pay on my facility and the utilities and the water costs. So those are the kinds of things that when you're in finance, you often end up dividing them at the end of a period across your, you know, you you add them to your cost of goods sold, but you don't really know how they apply to the individual products. Mm -hmm. And so being able to apply them to your products, you get a better sense of what your actual profitability is per item. Yeah, I mean that's 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 huge. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that actually brings up another point that I want to make, which is that the other thing that Backbone does is we integrate with financial software. So we at the, at the moment we integrate with QuickBooks Online and Sage Intact. Uh, you know, they're sort of for two different uh, sizes of business. QuickBooks mm-hmm. is more towards the small to medium business side. Sage Intact is more about enterprise um, and multi-entity companies. Um, but we basically act as the inventory system for both of those softwares and push all the financials there that the finance team needs to understand from the operations side. Oh, that's awesome. Because I've I've worked with a variety of um, software systems in the industry. And, and granted, they've changed a lot because I've been doing this stuff for almost 10 years or so. And, and wow kind of seen it all <laughs> grow from its infancy um, as far as the legal markets go. But integration with QuickBooks is something I've slammed my head against walls over and over and over again about, of just like this simple little connection that you want to see. I like, just need these two systems to connect just so that I can keep track of everything. And especially if you have to do financial reports uh, quarterly or at the end of the year and capture all the stuff, oh my gosh, it can be such a headache to try to get meaningful numbers on you know you could produce numbers and average stuff but like you said you don't really know whether that's giving you the value that it could um when you can't really um get around the detail um so some people listening may wonder why i'm so excited about just hearing about quickbooks (laughs) integration but that is truly a very exciting thing it's it's something that's often an afterthought 
Um, and so that's exciting. But that also brings me, brings me around to your background because you used to work with Intuit, didn't you? I did. And actually, I, I wanted to mention about our team. So the Backbone team is made up of both tech people like me from Intuit and old time cannabis people. So we have a lot of folks on our team who've been doing cannabis. One guy has actually been doing cannabis for like 15 years, um, which is he's kind of our our guru on that front. But we have a lot of other people who've been in cannabis for a while, too. And so the nice thing about having people from both tech and cannabis is we're able to bring our expertise in both those areas to bear on the product that we build. And it really helps to have that kind of understanding so we can build great, easy to use software that really focuses on the needs of the cannabis industry. Um, and so to go back to your question, um, yes, I both I and one of our founders, Vic Patil, uh, worked on QuickBooks for Desktop back in the early days. I was an engineer and we were on a team together. Our other founder, Rajesh Chandran, came from NetSuite. And nice. um, after Intuit, I uh, actually ended up at Sage Intact as a product manager. So I've worked at both those places, which made the integration nice. very easy. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You already have the, you know, the sort of inner workings of these systems already in your mind. So it's a fairly straightforward right. process. Yeah. And actually, one of the things of, that I've heard about our integration, which was not my intention, but folks say that it's a, sort of the gold plated version of the integration. Um, so even for QuickBooks, we're basically making it act as a sort of manufacturing um financial system. It knows at any given time, you know, how much inventory asset is in raw material, how much is in process, um, how much is in sub-assemblies, and then how much is in finished goods. And what what drew you towards wanting to get involved in servicing the cannabis industry? Well, um, our founder, like I said, our founder, Vic Patel, and I worked together at Intuit. And when he started this company, he and uh, Rajesh were really passionate about the way that cannabis was transforming people's lives, particularly around yeah. um, medicinal use, but you know, also just knowing that recreational was going to make a big difference in the world. And so they wanted to solve a problem in the industry. And when they went out and looked at interviewed customers, basically, um, they found that this manufacturing process oriented piece was a place that really wasn't being serviced. And so once they were ready for uh, someone to come in and do product for them, uh, that called me up and was like, Hey, are you interested in this? And I just couldn't resist like, well, partly because I wanted to work with Vic again, but also because the problem yeah. just seemed so interesting. And I really wanted to go back to my roots in QuickBooks where we were working on something that really changed people's lives uh, that made their lives a lot easier every day. So that's, that's yeah. why I decided to join. And since I've been in cannabis, I've been very happy to find that, you know, the community is so um, authentic and supportive. Um, I've really enjoyed learning about cannabis, but then also getting to know all the people who are involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, uh, it's a unique time. The industry, it, it 
attracts a very wide variety of, of different types of people that connect to it in very different ways. Um, I Same here. I've really, as I've sort of honed my scientific career into, into cannabis, it's been fascinating to meet. I mean, even like meeting you, like meeting a fellow technology person, you know, that in the industry, you know, it's just continuing to find these amazing people that are passionate about what they're doing and, you know, however it is that they connect to, to all of this and, and trying to use their energy to drive things in a, in a better direction. Um, it keeps it interesting. That's for sure. Um, cause there's, there's no end to interesting people to, to meet. Um, and how has, you know, working in, in this realm and, and tackling things, uh, the way you are now with Backbone, how does it compare to some of your prior work? Are there unique um, aspects to, you know, diving into all of this and the challenges that the industry faces that have kind of been uh, sort of like new sorts of puzzles or something to you to have to kind of figure out? One of the things that I really loved about working at Intuit was their customer focus. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, in the early days, um, Scott Campbell started this process of um, doing what we called follow me homes, where we would actually go to people's offices and watch them work. And basically yeah. everybody in the company did this. When I was an engineer on desktop, on QuickBooks for desktop, we, um, every engineer had to go on three of these follow me homes. And it was really interesting to understand how people were actually using the software and to see the places where it blocked them and what pain points they had that were sort of outside of the software. So that was where I really learned to ask all the questions of, you know, what's a problem that you have? Why is that a problem? When someone would tell me a solution, I'd be like, well, why, why, what problem does that solve? Why do you need that? Um, and so that's something that uh, we at Backbone luckily all of us are really passionate about too, is going into our customers' facilities and seeing what the problems are that they have and really trying to understand how we can solve those problems in an innovative way, bringing you know, our expertise in building easy to use software, um, but also our understanding of what cannabis really needs and what a compliance heavy industry mm -hmm. um, needs to be successful, especially, you know, one of the things that I think is a little bit unique about cannabis is it's a compliance heavy, heavy industry with people who are not traditionally used to doing compliance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so being able to make that process easy and painless is really important. Um, and now I've sort of forgotten the question that you asked me. <laughs> I got off on that. <laughs> no, that's no, I mean that's that's great. I was I was wondering about um just what sort of unique situations come about from kind of tackling this this new industry and you know one thing you just touched on the the compliance piece yeah, one thing um that I've run into on the the quality system side and and compliance side in the work that I do is just the the patchwork um of situations across the country and through Canada and other places, um, the fact that there's not consistency uh, between the regulations and what it means to be compliant um, wherever you are. 
um, I would imagine that uh, just makes this focus on the customer even more important because you can't just create a one-size-fits-all solution. That is definitely true. And that's actually one of the reasons why Backbone is so customizable, because in cannabis, most people have a slightly different process that they're using, and they want to continue to use that process while still remaining compliant with all the regulations. Um, and to touch on what you said about, you know, the, the patchwork, we have a number of customers like Cookies who are multi-state operators. And yeah, so we yeah. need to really understand what the regulations are in each of those places um, so that we can do the right thing when it comes to compliance. You know, some of them are using metric and some of them are using biotrack and some are using nothing. They're just kind of faking it until they decide what to do. Um, yeah, so, so we really have to stay up on what all of those regulations are, but that's one of the benefits that we bring to those customers who they don't want to have to learn. Well, they, they do have to learn all those things because, of course, we can't solve all the problems for them. Um, but we can at least help with understanding what those regulations are and keeping an eye on them for when they change. Yeah, and, and I like, you know, what you mentioned of, of trying to help producers maintain, you know, the types of processes that they're accustomed to. Because um, I, I know, you know, <laughs> rules can change so fast and it, it can send people into a frenzy of trying to figure out like what does it mean now to be compliant with xyz you know and i don't know if you uh if backbone is working with many hemp producers but yep. seeing okay. the preparation for federal compliance and looking at uh, you know the cfrs and, and good manufacturing practices and fda compliance and being ready for that um it um you know, it's one thing to be passionate about cannabis and, and be involved as a producer, but it can make your head spin and make you want to jump out of the industry once you start, <laughs> you know, looking at all of these these different things that you've got to balance. Um, and so, you know, I, I really appreciate that approach of trying to figure out um, how to how to find that balance, how to help people continue to do what they know and and are good at and everything, but but also find ways to to um, you know, keep things uh, not even necessarily just compliant, but also um, thinking ahead. And and you, you mentioned that that yes, you do work with um, some hemp producers, and this kind of touches on um, one thing that was on my mind, which is the future. Thinking about where things are going and what producers should be thinking about, because I think it's easy for producers to kind of think, um, you know yeah, this compliance stuff is important. Yes, this data collection stuff is important, but I don't necessarily need it now. You know, like we can put it off and we can wait until it's necessary. Um, so I, I just kind of wanted to see what your perspective was on, on you know, that kind of approach, because certainly my perspective is that looking at these kind of software solutions and thinking about data and compliance is something that is way easier to do on the front end than trying to integrate it later. Um, so what are your thoughts about kind of the future development of the industry and how that's going to impact, you know, these pain points that you're already seeing that producers are juggling with? I have about five different answers to that question. Um, Perfect. So, so there, you know, I think there are definitely some operations that are just too small to meet 
software and they're fine on spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on spreadsheets and then directly entering data into metric and that's going to be fine for them. And maybe they want to stay small like that. But as soon as um, a company gets to a certain size, they need not only more, um, more complexity to the data they're tracking, they actually need yeah. more information in order to make the right decisions. Uh, you know, some of the things that our customers tell us that they have trouble procuring all the biomass that they need and they are using various contractors. And so they need to be able to allocate the right amount of products to each um, co-processor in order to get their goods finished in the time frame that they need it based on their demand data. So as soon as you get yeah. to a certain size that you can't just look at all your data in one place and be like, oh yeah, here's what I need to make. Here's what sold last week. You know, I can figure all this out. Once you get past that certain size, you really need to integrate all your data into one place and see a lot more of it um, in a way that's easy to analyze versus, you know, just being able to see the trends in the numbers. Yeah. One other thing that, you know, obviously is going to add another layer of complexity is federal legalization when that happens. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little further out than some of us were thinking before. Um, you know, I want to say three to five years, maybe, unless yeah. something, you know, something magical happens. Um, but that's going to add this complexity. It's not going to make the patchwork go away. We're still going to have to deal with all these state regulations. Um, but it's going to add an, an extra layer of compliance that we're all going to need to follow. And where that lands and what it looks like, we just don't know yet. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, people have heard me rant about it before, but I, you know, I always tell people to go ahead and get familiar with like the Food, Drugs, and Cosmetics Act and, <laughs> uh, you know, CFR 117 and 111 and 211 um, that we're not too far off from, you know, what I'm assuming is going to be descheduling, which is going to you know, mm -hmm. shift all of this into the realm of FDA and USDA um, oversight. And um, I think people underestimate um, the expectations that the FDA has on things like auditability or um, one thing I know for sure is that people often underestimate what it takes to even prove that the products that you make are relatively safe and well-controlled. Um, because there's such a, an interesting focus in this industry on endpoint testing, um, you know, relying on analytical labs to test final products. And that's sort of the stamp of approval that says that things are safe. But I tell people that, you know, labs only test for what they know to test for, what they're required to test for. And there are risks that a company manages uh, or that they take on. They may not be managing them, but they... Uh, their risks that affect their business that um, transcend protections that you might would get just from that endpoint analytical testing. And to me, that's where a lot of this process control process analysis um, really comes into play of being able to open yourself up as a company and say, look, like, you know, beyond the endpoints, like, look, see our ingredients that have been coming in, see, you know, uh, 
these parameters on our run, see that we were in spec to our SOPs, you know, all of these things. Um, I, I, I hope that people are, are valuing or prepared to value because that's where I see backbone being a perfect, um, complement to, to help people get through, um, that kind of FDA, um, um, compliance and, and expectation and on the grower side, on the USDA side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure where cannabis is going to land. It's totally possible that it might end up with the DEA, which is it's a whole possible, different yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, but I think you're right that being able to track the lineage, um, that's what we call it in backbone, uh, tracking yeah, the lineage yeah. from cultivation all the way to my packaged vape cart with all its stickers on is really important. Not just, to, you know, to see, Hey, here's how it all went, but also, yeah. you know, say if unfortunately you end up having to do a recall, being able to track everything backwards. Yep. And then we get back into GMP where, you know, I have an exception and I need to have my whole exception process that handles the recall and handles all the, all the, um, it's not, well, remediation of the problem that I ran into. Right. Um, so, so yeah, going back to the whole hemp thing too, you know, that's something that Backbone is looking at as well. How can we support the kinds of good manufacturing practices that people need to be able to do? Change control and SOPs yep. and exceptions. Yeah, well, that's, that's great that that's um, where your head's at. And are you noticing that just because of the differences in scale is primarily why I'm thinking about this. Do you notice differences in the kind of needs of hemp producers and those that are working in that space versus the, you know, adult use or medical cannabis? They're remarkably similar, except for the way that they need to do compliance. Um, we have a couple hmm. of, we actually have a, a hemp client in Tennessee that I've talked to quite a bit. Um, Yes, hemp in Tennessee. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm originally from Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> I stay connected. Stay connected to folks in the southeast a bit. Yeah, yeah. Ten yeah. Uh, hemp is big in Tennessee. But yeah, I you know they they have a lot of the same extraction problems that uh, that our THC customers have. Um, but you're right that sometimes there is a, a difference in scale. You know the the pounds that they bring in is much higher. Um, but the processes are remarkably similar. Yeah. And what do you expect um, as Backbone evolves and, and maybe you already have things on the horizon and other things you're thinking about, but how do you expect um, Backbone to, to evolve? Are there, you've already mentioned, you know, uh, one or two features um, that are either have recently launched or about to, but um, what does the future of Backbone look like? And um, are there any uh, kind of future features you can kind of tease for us? You know, one of the problems that we're finding, our Backbone software now really monitors a single facility. And mm -hmm. um, mainly because in cannabis, you know, it's one license per facility. And so multiple licenses, you're going to end up having multiple Backbone tenants. And we do sort of a data roll up. So you can look at, if you have multiple facilities, you can look at all of the data from all your facilities in one place. Yeah. 
Um, but it seems really clear to us that managing um, your supply chain and doing production planning against all of the facilities that you have is one of the major problems that our larger MSOs are facing, especially when you bring in some complications. You know, the cannabis industry has really come up with some interesting ways to interact between businesses. So if you have contractors doing some of the work or you're storing your cannabis offsite at another person's mm. office for a little while, or you're doing sort of a consignment thing where, you know, you send your biomass to a, a contract lab and they pay you for it after they've sold the finished product. Yeah. Some of those kind of splits and tool um, ways of doing the financial transactions can get pretty complicated. And so we're looking at some of those things for the future of managing the cannabis supply chain end to end and helping our customers um, make that really easy, you know, make it clear. How are these facilities doing? Who should I pick to do my manufacturing? Um, where can I find the kinds of things that I need in order to make my brand successful? So those are the kinds yeah. of things we're looking at. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of extractors listening right now that are getting excited uh, <laughs> hearing some so. of that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and on a on a personal level, um, have you always been uh, kind of drawn to technology and and data and that sort of thing? Well, I've now been in this industry for a very long time. Um, but I did sort of get into it by chance. Uh, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry, actually, in manufacturing back in my 20s. Oh, wow. um, and my sister happened to work for Intuit. Um, and she was leaving her job there. And uh, they said, oh, I wish we could clone you. And she said, I'm a <laughs> <laughs> So I actually didn't get a degree in software. I have a degree in modern languages and an MFA in dance. But once wow. I got into, into it, I kind of found my passion and um, I've been loving technology ever since. Wow, that's 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 so funny. Yeah, we wish we could replace you. Oh, well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And so um, what what aspects of it do do you really uh, enjoy that that? really you know clicks for you like that it's funny i was just talking about this with a colleague the other day one of the interesting things about um engineers is software engineers in particular you end up with a lot of artists so a lot of people who have mm -hmm. a side gig whether it's music or like me dance or you know some other kind of art and i think one of the reasons for that is in software it's a lot of creative problem solving it's true. You know, yeah. It's not like a, you learn how to do it and then you do the same thing over and over. We're always trying to do something different. And it's the same in product management. You know, I hear a customer problem and I could solve it the way that, you know, I solved it the last time. But it's interesting to think about how can I do this better? How is this problem just different enough that I want to solve it in a different way? So yeah, it's really it's really the creativity of it that I love and the constant change. I'm constantly learning new things. Um, that was one of the exciting things about moving into the cannabis industry was doing something that I had never done before and you know, getting to learn everything about the kinds of things that people were doing and the kinds of 
needs that they had uh, that we could solve with software or with, you know, our awesome professional services team. Um, even when that's outside of software, you know, what, how, yeah. can, how can we advise these customers to do the things that they need to do to make their business successful? Absolutely. And I, I totally relate to what you're talking about of the, the creative aspect of software and all of that. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been like working in IT professionally and everything, but um, that was something I loved about it was everyone's got a problem like, <laughs> and, yep. and uh, having to, to figure out those, those puzzles. Um, it is, it's the challenge is exciting and fun. It keeps you from getting bored. Um, I can totally appreciate that. I've got to ask you, what forms of dance are you attracted to? <laughs> so I studied modern dance. Um, that's what my, my basically life's work has been. I've been in the same dance company for our 20 years now. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so basically we, you know, I love to choreograph, but I only have the energy to choreograph about once every two years. And so, you know, modern choreography, which if anyone doesn't know what modern dance is, it's everything that is not ballet, jazz, lyrical. Um, and it can range from, you know, almost ballet, what most people would call contemporary, um, mm -hmm. all the way to, you know, pushing a potato around the stage, more performance art kind of stuff. And that's a yeah. real example. Pushing a potato around the stage is a piece that I actually saw once. <laughs> Abstract art. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is that is fascinating, and that's so cool to learn that you've been that you've been doing that for so long. Um, uh, that is super fascinating. And what's the name of the dance company that you're with? It's called High Release Dance, and we're based out of Palo Alto, California. Super cool. I'm gonna have to look that up. Both my wife and I are. Um, I studied theater for a while. My wife went to an art school, so mm -hmm. we're. It's sort of same deal, like, you know, yeah. we're artists, but get swept into uh, totally different things <laughs> professionally. Um, that's that's super, super fascinating. That's that's really cool. Um, and as you were learning the cannabis industry, I mean, I guess, first of all, I have to ask, had you had any connection to the industry before you started to, um, you know, come on to Backbone or was it totally new to you? I really hadn't had a connection to it. It's hard to imagine. It's been almost three years now. So it's hard to imagine back to when I wasn't, you know, heavily connected in, in the cannabis industry. But, but yeah, I don't think I knew much about it. Um, I just had been watching it go legal in Oregon where my sister lives and then seeing that happen in California. And um, I thought it was pretty fascinating. And I was lucky enough to have colleagues who were really experienced, like Dr. Peter, Peter Houston, who's our mm -hmm. COO, um, who was heavily involved in a lot of the licensing around Humboldt um, and Santa Rosa nice. in those early days. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. really interesting <laughs> to see us go from, you know, not really metric. It, it was all happening right in that first year that I was learning about cannabis. So nobody being on metric, everybody on provisional licenses, going into annual licenses and kind of how that affected everybody and their processes. Yeah. And you know, the whole transition I know for California is pretty rocky. So we're at, I'm in Oregon. And so 
yeah, going through the same sort of process, going from medical to legal here, and then watching it happen in California and being somewhat involved in that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a roller coaster. Yeah, so you've been in this through some of the most kind of turbulent times uh, yeah. as far as um, all of those changes go. Um, was there anything as you were learning the industry that kind of uh, particularly surprised you or um, kind of stood out to you? Um, you know, as you're kind of wrapping your head around how uh, the industry functions and how the producers, you know, do things and everything like that. Um, is there anything that kind of stood out to you that, that kind of surprised you? Yeah. You know, the production seems relatively straightforward. Um, there's a huge variety in our customers of how much they want to track the details of what's happening. Hmm. Um, some want to do the bare minimum that's required for uh, regulation and some really want to understand every last detail, uh, even when, you know, it's not necessarily important to understand those details. Um, one thing I will say is a lot of our customers feel like their process is the super unique and, um, you know, the sort of their, their secret magic. Um, yeah. But generally, most of the processes that we run into are relatively the same, with a few exceptions. So definitely, some people are doing some really innovative stuff. And you know, as you, you know, new products are coming along all the time. The industry is constantly changing what um, what kinds of things they're doing. So that's pretty. It's it's really interesting, and that kind of constant change is hard generally for software to deal with, but because Backbone is so customizable, it makes it really easy for us to change with our customers as they yeah. scale or as they add processes, whatever they need to do, we can add those really easily. And that's actually one of the things that I think is kind of transformational about Backbone that I, had, that I actually hadn't encountered in another industry which is how, how that kind of customization can, um, can support the, the complexity and the, the, the constant innovation that's happening in our industry. It's interesting to have the opportunity to work in an industry that's so rapidly changing because it's so early in its maturity. Um, it's not often that you get the chance to even participate in something like that. So many industries are so so uh mature mm -hmm. and like you said we don't even know where this is all going <laughs> we don't even know what to prepare for necessarily um and, right. and something you brought up that i resonated with really strongly because i've encountered it in quality system stuff is this um focus on too many data points too much data and uh there's a common phrase analysis paralysis you know mm -hmm. sort of like having too much to look at getting too caught up in that do you find yourself having to sometimes coach uh, customers on understanding where they're getting value out of data and, and kind of having to coach that, that perspective. Cause it's not intuitive. Like it is something you have to kind of practice. Yeah. That's one of the great things about backbone actually, because we have, um, folks on our professional services team who have a lot of cannabis experience. Um, they can help our customers see where it makes sense to track and where, it's maybe not as important and, you know, coach them on what are the best practices for SOPs or, you know, 
ensuring that you have the audit trail that you need uh, in order to think about future compliance needs, not just the immediate compliance yeah. needs. And so many folks in the industry too, or like you said, they're not a, not necessarily accustomed to compliance and especially like legacy producers that, you know, are have transitioning out of the black market into legal markets that have really never had to even think about um, some of these issues. I imagine it, it, uh, it, it probably makes people pretty excited when they have their perspective kind of realigned to understand that maybe you don't have to track all these data points, you know, um, and, and honing in on uh, what data is actually um, providing value. I imagine that uh, is a huge relief to folks so that makes it a lot easier <laughs> to move forward without getting uh, drugged down those, those rabbit holes. Uh, once again, I'm thinking about a client I have right now that um, I, I'm having weekly conversations with them about what do you actually need to know and what decisions are you actually making and you know <laughs> are all of these dozens of spreadsheets and all these data points are they actually giving you the information you need to make those decisions or not um and i understand where it comes from because you want to especially as a you know an owner of a company or something you like to try to know everything about your business and you feel like you need to know every detail to make data-driven decisions. And that gets kind of pounded in people's brains and business school and stuff, data-driven decision-making and all of that. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to, to highlight, you know, in, in talking through this, the, the big difference that I see in Backbone compared to a lot of software companies, and one reason why I think that Backbone is kind of destined for success is this intimate relationship that you develop with the customers. That's not just about, um, you know, getting the software, you know, configured, having these, what modules do you need, put them together. Okay. Here's your software, but it's, you know, like you mentioned earlier, going in, understanding the process, also working with them to understand having perspective on their data. Um, it's just something you don't see in a lot of software companies that I wanted to make sure to highlight because it's something I definitely recognize and appreciate. Yeah. At Backbone, that's, that's actually one of the things that we think about a lot is, What's the customer experience from end to end, from the time we start talking to them in the sales pro process, all the way to when they're successfully using the product and they're expanding, or we add a new feature and we know that it's gonna meet a need that they had expressed to us in the past. Um, you know, we, we really keep that, that relationship going with all of our customers. Because it's so important, we know to their eventual success. Yeah, and and their success will be your success, um, and it's all interconnected, which I think is is awesome. Um, and I think that's a that's a great place to uh, to kind of wrap things up here, because um, I think we've come around full circle. Um, you know, for everyone listening, I really encourage you to check out Backbone and and look into them. I, certainly, as a consultant, it's um, something I'll be recommending to folks now that I you know am aware of it and understand what it does because it fits the needs of so many of my own clients and trying to get their quality systems under control. Um, so I just want to express how much I appreciate the work that um, you're all doing there. And as a, a tech person myself, I know the, um, you know, the, what it takes to do everything you're doing. It's a, it's a ton of work um, and a ton of uh, often uh, unrecognized work, just a lot of extra, you know, that you're putting in 
um, to help see this uh, be successful. So, so thanks so much for all of that. And, and as we wrap up here, I always like to give our guests the platform as we sign off. Um, so please, Erica, let everybody know how to learn more about Backbone, how to follow you and, and anything else that, that you want to share with everybody. I'll give you the, the final word here. Yeah, thanks so much, Jason. It was great to talk to you. Uh, you can find Backbone on the web at uh, www.backboneiq.com. There's a lot of information about all the features that we have and, and what we're trying to do, and also about our team, if you want to see who we all are. Um, and yeah, we're also, you know, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, so find us and uh, see what we're all about. Thanks, Jason. If you're curious about cannabis like me, then get connected to the Curious About Cannabis ecosystem and let's learn together. Visit cacpodcast.com slash connect to join our learning community on our Discord server and you can participate in regular giveaways, dive into the latest cannabis research, connect with certified Curious About Cannabis educators, hang out in our break room with other curious minds and more. Best of all, it's totally free. Just visit cacpodcast.com slash connect to learn more or click connect on the Curious About Cannabis app, which is available on Android and coming soon to iOS. If you want to support our work, consider becoming a Curious About Cannabis member and get access to on-demand lectures and courses, a members-only podcast feed that features exclusive episodes, early releases of episodes, and even extended versions of episodes, as well as merchandise and event discounts and more. Become a member today at member.cacpodcast.com. That's member.cacpodcast.com. And finally, special thanks to our current annual educational event sponsors, including The Workshop, CBD National, and Green Earth Medicinals. Your support has enabled us to develop some really fun and engaging educational events that help curious minds get connected to experienced scientists, clinicians, and brilliant minds of all sorts that are also curious about cannabis and passionate about sharing their knowledge with others. Your support has allowed us to issue tuition scholarships, discounts, and even free opportunities to passionate people that ultimately will benefit the most from it. So thanks so much for that. If you want to learn more about our Curious About Cannabis events, go to cacpodcast.com events. And if your company would like to become an event sponsor, visit cacpodcast.com slash sponsors to learn more.